and welcome to the New Life Fellowship podcast. New Life Fellowship is a community of grace in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Our goal is to teach and share and experience the life of Jesus Christ together. You're about to listen to a message from one of our meetings. Please make sure to check out our website, newlifekw.ca. Without further ado, let's listen in. I'm feeling pumped up. Good job, music team. That's the great work there. Um, this morning, you're going to hear my voice is a bit different than it usually is. Uh, so if you feel like I need an amen, don't be afraid, okay? Give me some love, okay? You hear this brother struggling, be like, let's go, Robin, okay? I want to hear one of those, okay? Say, pre- say preach it. That's all I needed. All right, we can go now. That was excellent. So good. All right. I went uh, canoeing with a group of men, did some wilderness camping. There's portage and all this stuff. First of all, if you have a house and you pay a mortgage for it, why are you going outside in the wilderness? Okay? First things first. I understand the adventure, but still... Okay? Another thing, if you can just walk along a path, why are you going in a boat? (laughs) On rapids. It's like, let alone just water, but why rapids? Well, here we are, okay? We're in Algonquin Park. Bunch of us were going down the river in a canoe, and they're like, well, here's some rapids. So Robin, this is your first time being on a canoe with rapids. Why are you laughing? Okay, this is your first time. We're gonna show you how to steer the canoe while we're going down the river with rapids. I said, maybe just the river, but the rapids. So anyway, here we are and they're teaching me this thing. Now, some of you know better than me, feel free not to shout it out. What I'm saying is wrong. Okay? And they're showing me this thing called a J-stroke. Okay? A certain way that I'm supposed to, you know, paddle and so on. So this one guy is like, listen, I'm going to go, I'm going to steer it, but you're going to be in the front, and you gotta, you, you got to do your steering this way. So here I am, I'm doing my steering. And the thing is, he said, listen, you just stay with that way of steering. The water's going to get crazy. We're going to go up and we're gonna go down, and you're gonna get splashed, but you just have to remember this one thing. Don't stop remembering this one thing, just keep doing it, and you're gonna feel tempted to go back to paddling the canoe the way that you used to when you were just going down the gentle Grand River in in in, in an inch of water, okay? So you don't do that, because you're not gonna be able to touch the bottom, Just, just follow, just do what I told you. So they're showing me this thing, I won't even explain it because I did. I've definitely forgotten by this point. And I'm just supposed to do it over and over again. Well, here we go. We hit the rapids up, down, splash, splash. And I'm just trying to remember. And I'm so tempted to just take control and just do it the way I always did it. And the way that I've seen it done before, which was maybe the last four times I was ever in a canoe. But anyway, and so I'm just trying to do it. And he's like, and, and, I, and I'm trying to resist doing it the old way. And I'm like, no, I gotta remember the right way, the way he showed me. And so I'm trying to do it, and, and it's working. We're, we're going up, we're going down, but we're not toppling over, and we're kind of holding our own. Now, it might be the fact that he's just really good at being the person in the back steering, but anyway, here I am trying to do my best, and we make it. I just had to remember this one thing. And um, another way of kind of calling that, remembering that one thing, another way of describing that is the kind of a, in the way of describing the spiritual discipline of meditation. And I just said meditation, and you thought about uh, Splinter and Ninja Turtles. Anybody Ninja Turtles? Splinter? Okay. Listen, some kids were, thank you, some of us were not allowed to watch Ninja Turtles because Splinter meditated. Right? And... Because it was linked to Eastern mysticism and so on. Um, either my, my mom was just wise and just let me watch it anyway, or, or she just let me watch it anyway, but anyway. <laughs> I would still watch the show, and see, meditation has that connotation. 
of being something that's linked to Eastern mysticism. But actually, meditation is mentioned in the Bible many times. And it's a spiritual discipline that has great use for your life. Matter of fact, Psalm chapter 1 says, if you want to be happy, if you want to live a blessed life, you got to meditate. You got to meditate on the word of the Lord day and night. Who here wants to be happy? Who here wants to be blessed? I believe yeah, we could put our hands up to that. All of us want that. But the Bible says it very plainly. If you want to do it, you got to be meditating day and night. Listen, let's turn it right now to Psalm chapter one. What I'm going to do is I'm going to break up this message into three parts. Okay. The first part of this message in Psalm chapter one is part one. I'm going to reveal something to you that's marvelous about um, this, this spiritual discipline of meditation. Okay. It's not as scary as you think. Okay. It's not and in and, and, and the biblical way that the, the Bible defined way is going to be so marvelous to you. It's going to open up your eyes. It's going to, it's going to touch your heart. The second thing I'm going to do part two is going to be even more marvelous than part one. Everyone say marvelous. It's going to be even better than part one because you're going to find out the benefits of meditating. You're like, oh, great. What's happening? But the last part, part three is going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. I just want to warn you ahead of time. You may not like me afterwards, but, but what I'm going to reveal to you right now through these three parts is something that's going to touch your heart. And I believe that there's freedom. There's freedom in the Psalm. Okay. So before we do that, let's pray quickly and find out what does the Lord want us to do with this topic of meditation. What we're going to find out is that meditating on Jesus' commands and instructions will bring perseverance, prosperity, and protection in your life, okay? Let's pray together. Jesus, um, you, you hear my voice, and you knew today was happening, so I just uh, gave myself over to you as a tool to be used for your glory. So let that be the case, Jesus. Holy Spirit be the teacher. Amen. All right, Psalm chapter one. You guys got that there? Let me say something about Psalm chapter one. I used to read this, or people would read this to me, and I'd feel convicted. And you're going to feel convicted as you read it because you realize, oh my goodness, do I do any of these things? Am I okay? Am I in the right? Am I in the wrong? Am I wicked? Am I righteous? Let's find out. Let's read it together, okay? Psalm one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Hear the rest of it. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. We find that key about being happy, about being blessed. This word blessed here is being used. Is a, it's not just uh, the term of, okay, in circumstances, I'm happy. Okay, right? Happy is linked to the word hap happening. Right? So it's not just circumstances. What they're pointing here is somebody who has great endowment from God to have good things work out in their life. It's amazing. So who here wants that? We all want it. What's the key? Well, we find out by looking at verse 2. And it says, but his delight, the person who is blessed, is the person who delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law, he meditates day and night. Let's focus on that verb, right? Because we want to be happy, so here's the key. So we've got to look at this verb. What's this verb? Meditate. It's the Hebrew word, hagah. Okay? This word is referred to not just reading something. All right, I did a sermon about knowledge and discernment. 
It's not just about knowing the law of the Lord. Some of you might know of the Ten Commandments or know about them or be able to recite some of them, but it's not about just that. You can't just know it. It's saying here, this word meditation is to be reading and thinking on the subject matter. So not only just reading it, but you're thinking about it. You're devouring it. You're processing it. Okay? So the information comes into your CPU and it's working it out and it's figuring out a solution. Okay? So... This is what this idea of meditation is. Another description of it in Hebrew, actually, and the way it's often used by the Hebrew writers is to say murmuring. So not just reading and thinking, but actually saying it to yourself. So you're not only thinking about it, but you're reminding yourself of it. When you're in the rapids of life, in the canoe, where you shouldn't be, you are bringing to mind the things or the commands that you were told so that you can endure the thing you're doing or wherever you've been placed. This is what meditation is. And here it says to meditate on the law day and night. But no, hold on, hold on, not just that. Because I want you to take a step back with me and look with me again right now at verse two because we see that meditate is the verb, but the verb is a future verb. It says those who delight in the law of the Lord. They will do what? They will meditate on God's word. So here's the definition. Those who delight in God, those who delight in his word, who delight in his instructions, will remember it, will bring it to mind. It'll stay with them. They'll fall in love with it. It'll command their lives. It'll become their lifestyle. The God's commands and instructions will become their lifestyle. How do we know this? You guys don't mind a little Bible study, eh? We're doing a little bit of Bible study before we get to the good stuff, okay? That word but, you see there, it's a really big but, okay? It's actually a double uh, conjunction. In other words, it's a super but. So when the Hebrews are reading this, they're like, oh my goodness. They're like, they're like, we're supposed to contrast this with what just came before. So let's look at what came before. We're going a little bit backwards, right? So it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. The first verse is the qualifier for the second verse. It's a description of those who actually delight in the law of the Lord because of the big but, okay? So what we're noticing here is this. If you look at verse one, somebody who delights in the Lord doesn't take advice from the wicked. They don't imitate what wicked or, in this case, the word wicked means damned, condemned people. People who don't follow Jesus and Jesus is not their Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit does not inhabit their bodies. It doesn't give guidance to their lives. This is what it says. Okay? Those who take advice of the condemned, of the wicked, or those who stand in the way of sinners. Not to say you block the sinner's way, you know, like you're, um, like you're a defensive linebacker or something like that. You're not blocking their way. It means standing in line with them. Finding alliance with sinners, aligning yourself with them and saying, I belong in this group. Next word is the sit in the seat of scoffers. This word seat actually is the imagery and actually can be translated as shelter. Those who find shelter among those, and this word scoffers means God mockers. Those describing those who find comfort among those who mock God. This is not like when I used to read this. <laughs> this is not like oh, you went about your way and you did something sinful and all of a sudden you were wicked, right? And you know, when I read this as a teen, I used to think, oh my goodness, I can never hang around with my non-Christian friends because they're scoffers and they're sinners and they're condemned. No, it's not saying that. It's saying this is an intentional lifestyle that is contrary to God. It's a contrast. It's a teaching tool by which the um, Hebrew teachers use to illustrate something and to drive home the point. 
that you don't belong in, in any, any of this group. And if you are now a new covenant believer, if you are a new covenant believer, you do not belong in the seat of the scoffers. Matter of fact, you will feel uncomfortable there. Doesn't, it's not where you belong. And you're not going to stand in the way of sinners. sinners. No, you're going to stand amongst those who are children of God and you're going to live in the light. And you're going to desire to do that. And so here we see this really strong contrast, but also it's highlighting this. Those who are living intentionally amongst, and this is the atheists, the God mockers, those who deny God and deny his law and say, your law is not good enough. I will make my own law and live by it. These people have created a lifestyle and have found a place and comfort there. Their delight is to not do God's things. But instead, you guys are those who delight in living with him. And therefore, what's going to happen? You're going to meditate and think about the law of the Lord day and night. Now, I've said a lot about law. Okay, you guys still with me? I said a lot about law. And law is a dangerous word in this community, right? Right? Because, we, because we're trying to... We're trying to we're trying to live, uh, as, 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 as Paul would say, that we are people who are free from the law. We're not bound to it. But the, Paul would say that the law is perfect. And when we're talking about the law here, we're talking about the Torah. Okay? Now, here's the Torah. I'm going to find it for you. Do, 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 Torah. Okay? So, right here, it's the Torah. When, they, when the Hebrews talked about Torah, they're talking about the Pentateuch, talking about the first five books of the Bible. Okay? Meditate on this day and night if you want to be blessed and be among the righteous, right? Look at all of that. Can you do that? Looks pretty small, but actually there's a lot of words in here. Matter of fact, the Pharisees took this really seriously. They took Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 very seriously that says to keep the book of the law in front of you at all times so that you be prosperous in all that you do. So they memorized the whole thing. Who here's memorized all that? Whoever amongst us has done that is righteous, okay? <laughs> right? That's a lot to think about. It's a lot to meditate on. This is, this is actually quite daunting. I remember, again, reading this as a teen who's a new believer and thinking, this is actually impossible. How am I supposed to think about this and read it and memorize it? It's, 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 it's a horrific idea. Here's the marvel, marvelous part. You ready for the marvelous part? Okay, this is the marvelous part. Go to Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33. This will blow your mind if it hasn't blown your mind already. All right. Here it is. You want freedom today. Freedom has come right here. So Jeremiah is talking about the new covenant that is to be presented to those who receive Jesus Christ. Okay. This is the new covenant. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their what? On their hearts. And I will be their God and they will be my people. This is beautiful. This is beautiful to know that this is what God has done. How did he do it? He did it. And when Jesus died, you died with him. Your spirit died with him. It was crucified on the cross with him. And when he was raised with new life, Romans 6 says that you received his new spirit, his new life. So you got a new spirit, but also his spirit got joined with your spirit. And so inside of you, the Holy Spirit exists and lives. And the law is now written on your innermost being because the spirit is existing within you and you have a new spirit that wants to please God. It's a great mystery. I know you've heard it before, but don't miss on the marvel of this. That now John chapter 14, verse 26 says this, that the Holy Spirit, I'm going to paraphrase it. Jesus is talking to the disciples. He says, the Holy Spirit is going to come in you and he's going to teach you all things. And then it's going to also remind you about the things that I already taught you. This is marvelous. This is like 
when Netflix, I won't say the series, put a favorite series of mine on Netflix, and I decided I no longer have to buy all nine seasons in DVD format. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to buy all the DVDs. You don't have to go to Beat Goes On and find it and deal with scratch discs, okay? You don't have to do that anymore. Guess what? It's been downloaded into the log. This word Torah is a, is a metonym. Metonym meaning that it's one large word to describe it's one word to describe a series of events or, or a larger idea. And so the word Torah can also be translated teachings and commands and instructions. So guess what? God, Jesus' teachings and commands and instructions have been downloaded into your heart. They exist within you. No, you don't have to memorize the whole Torah, but you could go out in your daily life now, let's go back to nature. Where are my nature people? Lisa, I'm looking at you. Okay? Where are my nature people? You can go out into nature. And you can be in nature. And the Holy Spirit inhabits your body. And the Holy Spirit will use your um, ocular nerves, okay, in your eyes to illuminate something to you in the nature that you're witnessing about the goodness of God or the nature of God. And you can be warmed in your heart by that because the Holy Spirit is communicating to you through your body, through your senses, through what you can see. I was doing something that I should never do, gardening. <laughs> I should never garden. I kill things. No, plants, guys. And in case you were wondering, and, and, and here I am, I'm gardening, I'm doing something like, this is terrible, this is ridiculous. Why would anyone do this? The Holy Spirit brought it to my mind. You know, the word pastor is actually a gardening agriculture term. It is hard, it is difficult, but in the process, if you wait, you do the watering and some will do the, and, and, and I'll do the sun and you do this and you do that. Don't worry, there will be a fruit. And so it warmed my heart to know and to endure and to be called to what I've been called to. God warmed my heart and instructed me about his word. And then, and then guess what? If I'm concerned about what I've just heard, I could go back to this and say, God, are you, are you actually telling me the truth? And he'd be like, yeah, I am. And he could highlight it to me. Listen, this is the beauty of what we have in the new covenant, okay? We can be blessed. We can be blessed people. Why? Because we naturally delight in the law of the Lord. We're not amongst those who mock God, but we are here in presence with him and him who is the word. John chapter one says that Jesus is the word. He is the living word. He has come to live inside of you and he can give you instruction. And if you're curious about your instruction, you could go back to the word to make sure that it's correct. And listen, what's going to happen now is that you can live a blessed life. This is the beauty of what we have in the new covenant. So Psalm 1 doesn't have to scare you. You can read it with confidence. But you're saying, Robin, tell me something I don't know. Right? Doth ye have anything I have never heard before? And I said, guess what? That was part one. It was good, right? Okay, we're going to part two. We're going to look at the benefits of being righteous. We're going to look now at the benefits of delighting in the Lord and meditating on his word. Look at me. Look with me right now. Okay, we're going to go back to, hallelujah. Uh, we're going to go back to Psalm 1, okay? Let's look at these verses. Let's look at verse 3. Verse three says this, this is the blessed person, the blessed man. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. We're going to stop right there. Okay. So we've been given the instruction or the picture of what it is to, to have the consequence of being righteous, the consequence of meditating on the word of the Lord. And we have to, Focus now on that word meditation. Because here's what we understand now about the truth and about the law. The law lives in you. It exists in you. God's spirit is within you. And he could speak to you. And 
in our lives, we endure scenarios that are not great. Sometimes we're placed in canoes on rapids in our lives. We're in workplaces that are uncomfortable. We're dealing with family situations that are uncomfortable. We're dealing with spouses that are difficult to deal with. We're dealing with schools and, and work situations and our futures that are hard to deal with. And we're there. And guess what? God can bring to mind a word for you. A command or an instruction that will give you perseverance to endure wherever you've been placed. And your key in all of this is just to murmur. Think about it. Reflect on the word that he's given you. And what's that going to do? It's going to give you strength. It's going to give you faith to endure what he's called you. But guess what? Here's the fruit of it, right? Literally fruit. That you will be like a tree planted by streams of water. Now, this Bible here, this verse was given to people living in an arid climate, in a desert climate. And this word planted is actually literally tree, 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 tree. So, so those who are reflecting on the commands of the Lord, reflecting on his instructions, what he's said to you about the situation that you're in, those who are, who are reflecting on those and, and thinking about them, maybe he's giving you a verse to endure a tough situation you're in. You're just reflecting on it. He's just giving you that word. What's it going to do? It's going to take you out of the arid place the place that didn't have life. Now, even though you might still be in the area or the climate or the, or the geographical location by which bad things are happening, it's going to transplant you and put you right by the river of life. Even this word streams is, is, uh, is, is relating to man-made streams. So they had to do this back in the day. They had to take a stream or river and create a canal to bring water to a place so that they could grow livestock. They could grow, um, uh, agriculture there. So it's giving you the idea that God, all of a sudden God starts, pro starts providing for you to endure the climate that you're in. And what happens? You begin to yield fruit in the season. You begin to show joy in a season that is joyless. You begin to have Peace when everyone around you says there is no reason why this person should have peace. Look at the sickness in their body. Look at the sickness of their family. Look at the state of their marriage. There is no reason why this person should have peace. But here it is. And it shows up in its season at the right time. Hallelujah. And this word leaf um, here is a, a word that gives you the picture of life. So the leaf never withers. We see the leaves turning colors and falling down. It's beautiful to watch right now, but, but this description here that they're giving you is that the leaves never turn brown. They always stay green. And so what we're seeing here is that life is ever flowing in these people's lives as they meditate on an instruction. I want to give you two examples of this really quickly again. Okay, there's the music producer, Jimmy Iovine. He produced a really great band called U2 at one point. Okay. And Jimmy Iovine was a young music producer when he got started. And he went in to produce, a, 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 I can't even tell you the name of the band, but a, a hardly acclaimed rock band as a young man. And he felt intimidated. He felt like, oh, I'm too young for this. What, what if I stink? What if I'm not good? What if they reject me? I will never be able to continue in the job that I want to do. But he says this about his first job. He says, I remembered this thing that my dad told me. My dad, he had a really good relationship with his dad. And his dad said, you are so special, son. Wherever you go, you can change the atmosphere. And his dad told him that over and over and over again. So when he was stuck in that scenario, he brought that idea to mind. And he said it gave him the endurance to be able to go there and produce that album. He went on to produce multiple albums after that fact because he did such a good job with that one acclaimed band. That's one example of thinking on something to give you endurance. Now, he's just meditating on something that his dad said. We have the living word of God. Come on, this is the living word of God. If you meditate, if you reflect on the things that the Lord has taught you, it can give you strength to endure any scenario by which you've been called to go to. 
and it's just murmuring on it, thinking about it. It was only something his dad said. We're talking about the living word of God. Okay. Um, Deanne, I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but one of, at our workplace, at our workplace, um, we were kind of going through a bit of a scenario and one of, one of the uh, co-workers had this little block, this little itty bitty wooden block that had the word trust printed on it. And out of nowhere, she just came and she gave it to Deanne. She said, here. And Deanne has it right now, right in front of her. Um, oh, I'm getting emotional. She has it right in front of her monitor. She sees it every day. And it was just like a little word, a little instruction that blessed somebody. She said, no, I'm going to give it to you, bless you. And now it gives her endurance for whatever difficult situations she might face with work. Okay. And because we all face difficult situations. What word that God has God given you to meditate on? Is it a Bible verse? Is it something that he taught you while you were just driving along, listening to Christian music and all of a song came on and it spoke to your heart and you have to go back to that song every once in a while to be encouraged? You know, a great way to meditate is music, right? The songs that we sing, what sticks with you after you leave here? Probably not the preaching, right? <laughs> not my preaching, Ross's preaching. But when, when, but it's the songs, the songs. And guess what? The book of, song, of Psalms is a bunch of songs. We just don't have the notation for the music. We just have the words. But we have the blessing of the music that keeps the word of God in your heart. Oh, I got to say this too. I'm so proud of myself. Hold on. Okay. My daughter, Naomi, she's like, I was playing music. And she's like, daddy, is this church music or other music? <laughs> because she knows the difference. She knows that there's music you play in church and then music that doesn't get played in church. Okay. And I had to come up with a reasonable answer for this. And I'm like, no, honey, this is church music. She's like, why are we listening to church music? We're not in church. And I thought, listen, guys, I need a medal for this. <laughs> it just came to me out of the blue, okay? I was like, you know why? Because music makes words stick. And sometimes we need to be reminded of truth when we live in a world of lies. And there are many things in this world that take us off the eyes of faith. It makes us want to live by what we can see, touch, and hear. And so music will remind you of the things of God. Because it's in the melody and it's sticking with you, and it's staying with you, and it could touch your heart in no matter what situation you're in. This is a way of meditating on the instructions of Jesus day and night. Don't take the moments of worship we have here for granted, and don't treat it with contempt. Maybe God's got a word for you through the music that he wants to speak to you through the lyrics he wants to impact your heart with for the week. Don't miss it. Come on time. Okay? <laughs> Don't miss it. That's a, hey, hey, sorry. That's a word for me too, okay? Come on time. You don't know. He might have a word for you for the music he wants you to meditate on all week. Hallelujah. This is good stuff, okay? Oh my goodness, it's 11. I've got to keep going, okay? I have, I have two other really great things about meditating that are right here in the word, and then I'm gonna to get to the difficult thing, okay? Here's the next one. Meditating on Jesus' instructions brings prosperity. And here's that word here. It's next, and you look back at verse three, it says, in all that he does, okay? And all that this righteous person who delights in the Lord and meditates on the word of the Lord, meditates on his instructions, what happens? And <laughs> all that he does, he prospers. Okay. Now this word prosper is the word success also can also be translated success. And it's not talking about immediate success. Say immediate success. It's not talking about immediate success by which everything you put your hand to, you immediately get what you want. No, in all that he does, no matter whether it is painful in the moment, whether it's a struggle in the moment, whether he needs confidence in the moment to do it, no matter what it is, it's going to work out for their good. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, you know it's true that those who love the Lord, God works out all everything for their good. Those who delight in the Lord, 
God works out all things for good for them, okay? This is talking about long-term success. It's talking about true prosperity against what the world says, which is immediate success. The world says, if you want immediate benefits in your, mar- in, in your life and your marriage is bad, leave your marriage. The world says, if, if, if things, if, if you um, want to have sex with as many people as you want as a young lady, you can do that. You have the freedom to do that. But if you make a mistake, guess what? We have a backup plan. You can have an abortion. Because if you have a baby, you're not going to have immediate success. I'm not condemning anyone who's done that. I'm just saying that this is, the wor- this is how the world looks at success. You need success immediately, so you need to do these things. We give you caveats by which you can have immediate success. But these things often bring death or hurt, okay? Somebody could say, yeah, you know, as a teenager, why don't you cheat on this test? Come on, you're doing your tests on the internet. You could just look up whatever you want. You're not in class. You're doing it asynchronously. Just cheat. Guess what? So many people who made a habit of cheating over time, they've created a habit of doing it, move on from from doing that in high school, they do it in college, and then they get into the business world and they find ways to do it in the business world because it's become a habit. But then eventually accountability catches up with them and they get found out for having a lifestyle of cheating because they were pursuing immediate success, not the way that you guys have been called to live. No, those who meditate on Jesus' instructions This is what's going to happen. Prosperity begins to happen in their lives. What happens is that they don't look at immediate success. They look with the eyes of faith towards God has called them to do, and they trust God to take care of them. They trust in Philippians chapter 4, verse, I think it's 13. Uh, they, 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 They trust in that word that God will take care of all their needs. Okay, They trust in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 5, that says that if you humble yourself, under his mighty right hand. In due time, he'll lift you up. Not about immediate success. It's about his time. It's about fruit in its season, not fruit right now. Those who wait on the Lord, they will see this. Beautiful words for us, okay? Let's keep going because I'm running out of time. All right? Next, we want to look at the, the, the next thing it does is that meditating on Jesus' instruction brings protection. Now we see the descriptions of the, of the wicked. What happens is that they'll be blown away like chaff. The wind drives them away. The, everything that they pursued is, and, and wanted is past. Immediate success. In this case, means a short-lived existence. But what we have here is to understand is that those who are trusting in the Lord, we look at verse 6. Those who trust in the Lord um, and, and are meditating on the word of the Lord, they are, they go, the Lord knows their way. He knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. It will lead to damnation. But for us, it does not mean the case. We will exist and have everlasting life onward. And the Lord knows their way. This word knows means God will regard their way. He is overseeing the pathway of their life. He is on the journey with them. They are not on their own enduring what they're enduring. God is on the journey with them, and he is supporting them and strengthening them. This is important for us to understand. Even if you look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, okay? It says this, therefore, as you have received Christ, the the Lord, so walk in him. Just continue in the way that you have been called, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. This word established refers to the fact that we are safe. We are safe and we are secure in him and that he is going to build us up and care for us. This is beautiful. This is something that we need to understand. We don't need immediate protection or immediate success. But those who reflect on the words of the Lord, maybe God has given you a word in a scary situation where you feel unsafe. And the temptation can be to earn protection and on your own ability Maybe the world's telling you you deserve revenge because people have wronged you. So go and, go and get revenge. But the word of the Lord says no. Instead to forgive them 
and to instead let God take care of them. Let God avenge. The word of God says he will do so. But you just focus on him, walk in him, stay with him. And so you might get that word and you might have to murmur on it. You might need to meditate on it. You may need to think on it day and night. And what happens is that it's going to bring protection. You're going to stay in his way. You're not going to go to the left or the right to look for other ways to find protection. Instead, his protection is more than enough. Okay. So this is the three things we learned. These are the three um, blessings of those who meditate on the commands of the Lord. Okay, it brings perseverance, it can bring prosperity, and it can bring protection. Yeah, I see a good, right? It's going to do those three things. Here's the difficult part. And I have a little bit of time for this. Let's go back to the analogy of the, of the boat. There in the canoe and Guy's saying, listen, you've only been given one job, only one job. So one job you need to do, just do this one thing. But, you know, uh, in a canoe, let's say, you know, the first time I was in the canoe, which was last year, just joking, no, it was before that. But, you know, you know, I, I was told to, you know, canoe this way, you should just do it this way. And, and, and I was told to do it another way. And I'm just holding on to the other way. Okay, I'm just holding onto it so tightly that, um, that I, because I'm afraid, I'm afraid that if I don't do it, I'm going to fall in the water or something like that. So I go into the rapids and I just disregard what the other person said because I, this, this way that I learned it is safe. So I'm just, it's safe to me. It gave me safety before. It's going to give me safety again. I'm just going to hold on to it. But instead, because I'm doing the wrong instruction, whatever, we, go, we tip over, we fall in the water. Jesus has commands and instructions for us to receive so that we can find perseverance, we can find prosperity, we can find protection in this life. But let me tell you, it's hard to receive a command from Jesus when you're listening to another command. Where's my amen? Okay? It's hard to receive a command from Jesus when you're holding on to another command, when you have another software operating in the background, when a new one wants to come in and start operating. It's hard for you to, re to, to receive it. Let me give you the example of this, okay? Paul talks about these things in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. And he talks about them like this. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine powers to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. These strongholds of Paul is talking about, these arguments of Paul is talking about, there are arguments that are made up against following Jesus and following his commands. He might have given you a command, but you are saying no to it. Why? Because there's another command that exists that you are holding strongly to because you believe that you can gain perseverance and prosperity and protection on your own. So you believe something that was maybe transported to you into your mind as a child, either maybe by a parent, maybe it was an old church, maybe it was an old re uh, religious way of believing. Maybe it was a trauma. Maybe it was something that happened to you when you were young or at any point in time by which you said, I will never let this happen again. So when Jesus wants to lead you into a new thing, when he wants to transplant you out of an arid place and plant you in a place of life, you refuse because you say, I will never go back to that scenario. I will never risk in this way. Let me give you an example from my own life. I had a, a scenario happen to me by which I said this to myself. I didn't say it out loud, but I believed it in my heart. I said, I will never be controlled again. 
I will never be manipulated or used. Because there was a scenario or a trauma that happened to me, and I said that, that, that happened because I let it happen. So I will never let that happen again. And so anytime I was in a scenario by which I felt like though that was going to happen, or I even saw it happening to other people, I would all of a sudden get real mad. And the, and the anger almost seems unwarranted. Because I'm just getting so frustrated. I'm like, this is so bad. We get, you know, like, a, and I get so angry. And, and once I, I had to bring this anger to the Lord because it was raising up to me. And I'm like, what, why am I still angry? Why am I, why am I so frustrated? Jesus said, you were refusing. You were refusing to be controlled. You're protecting yourself. You've created a stronghold, an argument against me in your mind. And I said, Jesus, the argument is not against you. It's not against you. This is me protecting myself against other people. It has nothing to do with you. Jesus told me something tough. He said, Robin, I was controlled, manipulated, and used on your behalf. For your freedom. Are you above me? No, the answer. The answer is no. Jesus said, I, I, I'm calling you to trust yourself with others. I'm asking you to let go of the old command that you created and instead to choose my command to come and trust yourself with other people. Know you're feeling angry and know you're feeling upset. But the end result is just going to be death. But I'm calling you to leave that old one behind. So he gave me a new word. He gave me a... Well, hold on. He didn't do that. I had to say no to the old command. I had to say no to it. I had to come back here and say, no, I agree with you, Jesus. I'm not above you. And you might lead me into situations by which those three things could happen again, by which I am no longer the one in control to protect myself. I have to give myself fully over to your protection. So instead, I renounce. I never said it out loud, right? I don't think I ever thought it, but I had to renounce it out loud to him in prayer and say, Lord, I renounce this. I am willing to go wherever you call me. I am willing to be controlled and manipulated and used again. If the end result means your glory. Guys, I just told you something dangerous because right away you said, no, some of you have scenarios like me. You have absolutes in your mind that you live by that guide your thinking but it is not the way of Jesus. And it does give you um, immediate protection, maybe even immediate success, but long-term ruin. And so you have to come to the place where you say, Lord, I'm willing to trust you with the future. I'm not saying that we go into abusive scenarios. I'm not saying that you endure abusive relationships. What I'm saying is you listen to him. Abandon your arguments for prosperity and perseverance and protection on your own terms and instead receive Jesus's terms. And he will lead you into all these things and he will guard your way because that's what it says. He said he guards, he knows the way of the righteous. And they will prosper in all they do. And so no matter what you face, you can look confidently into the future and say, God will work it out for my good. And you can look confidently in the future and say, no, 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 no. He does indeed meet all my needs in him. But only if we're willing to accept his ability to help us have life and to persevere in strong situations, troubling situations, um, endure and um, have him bring prosperity and him give us protection. You see, meditating on Jesus' instructions, even if I just use that example, 
Meditating on Jesus' instructions doesn't take away all the negative feelings, but it gives me power to endure what he's called me to do. And so every once in a while, I have to reflect on that and say, you know what? I am willing because I'm not above you. And I reflect on this command from him and it gives me endurance. Right now, as we close, I want you to reflect on this. Maybe this is you, maybe it's not. You want to be happy. You want to live blessed lives. Guess what? Meditate on the commands of the Lord, but you can't receive them unless you're listening, if you're listening to another command. So maybe we need to check in our hearts right now as we pray and ask the Lord, are there commands or arguments that I've accepted that are against your commands and instructions? And if there are, Jesus, show me in your gentleness and your kindness. Reveal it to me that I might live your way that I might find life in you, that I might be transplanted from an from a arid place to a place of life, that I might endure the rapids in this canoe. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, right now, I, I just pray right now that you would do this. And you highlight it to your people. Are there commands or arguments that they've made against your will and against your way? Or even highlight to them ways that you have instructed them, but you've forgotten it. They've forgotten it. Maybe there's a verse you gave them or a song you gave them to encourage them and they've kind of discarded it and they've forgotten about it. Bring it back to their memory. Bring to memory now, Holy Spirit, the teachings of Jesus as you said you would in John 14. You said you will bring to mind the, the things, the teachings of Jesus. So do that now, Holy Spirit. Bring it to our hearts that we might murmur on your word and we might think on it, we might meditate on it day and night, that we might have life. Pray this right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the New Life Fellowship podcast. Thanks for joining us. For more great content, please be sure to check out our website, newlifekw.ca, and sign up for our mailing list. Subscribers will receive our The Life in the Apartment ebook that is sure to encourage and bless. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch the latest services and additional video content. New Life Fellowship is a registered charity that is supported by the giving of partners and friends. All donations will be received. If you would like to donate, donate at newlifekw.ca. Your giving is highly valued and appreciated. You are loved. Take care.